Welcome to The Thriving Christian Artist, the podcast where we hope you connect with God to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live as an artist in His kingdom. I'm Matt Tama, your host. Let's get started. Well, hey there, and welcome to the podcast today. Listen, I don't know if you've been involved uh, in our seven-day art challenge that's been going on inside The Thriving Christian Artist Facebook group, but oh my gosh, it's been so awesome to see all of the incredible work and just hear the stories of what God's doing um, in people's lives. It's been really, really incredible. And uh, as promised, I want to make sure that even if you've if you've missed that, it just ended yesterday. You can still get the seven day art challenge guide, and uh, you can still participate in that, even though. The official seven days is over. You may want to grab it and just do it. And you can still post, um, you know, the images and your art responses inside the Facebook group. But actually today is uh, kind of the next phase of what's going on in April uh, inside the Thriving Christian Artist uh, Facebook group. It actually starts a, a three video series that I'm doing called How to Become a Thriving Christian Artist. And it's all in preparation for launching the Created to Thrive Experience course. Listen, we do this once a year, and uh, it's a seven-week course that you walk through with other artists that takes you uh, all the way through renewing your mind, understanding how to align with the power and presence of God in your life, understand your unique design, as an artist in the kingdom, overcome those things that have held you back and really set an incredible foundation for everything that God wants to do in your life as an artist. Now, all of these videos are going to be coming out inside our Thriving Christian Artists Facebook group. And each one of them is really specific uh, to kind of give you a little teaser, a little taste of uh, the information that's going on inside of the um, the Creative to Thrive Experience course. The first video that actually comes out today, all right, is uh, April 16th, is going to be called Transforming Your Thoughts and Your Life. And so we're going to be talking about how that mechanism works, how God's given us the ability to align our thoughts with the kingdom and how that changes our life. The second video that's coming out, which is on April the 18th, all right, which is a Thursday, is called Uncovering the Lies and Healing Your Heart. Listen, I know from my own journey and I know from the privilege of being able to walk with thousands of artists through the years, when your heart gets healed, all right, when the lies that you've believed get uncovered and get replaced by the truth of God's word, incredible things begin to happen. And so that's what that second video is really all about. The third video is going to be called The Spirit-Led Artist, and it's all about how to begin to move in relationship with the Holy Spirit in what you're doing, not only in your life, all right, not only in your business, but also in your art. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit of God? And some really practical things uh, to give you insight into that. All of that, all right, is getting you ready to be a part of the Creative to Thrive Experience course and letting you know just a few of the things that we'll be talking about during that seven weeks. So if you want to get notified about all three of these videos, get the replays just in case you know you miss them live and be able to download that 7-Day Art Challenge guide, just click the link that's right here in the show notes and you'll be able to get everything that you need to not only participate uh, in the challenge, but also get notified about all three of the videos that are going on inside this How to Become a Thriving Christian Artist video series and then how to uh, become a part of our experience course. We're only doing this once a year. And um, last year we had 
over 200 artists that went through it. And oh my gosh, <laughs> people are still talking about the fruit that's uh, and the transformation that happened in their life, really in that compressed period of seven weeks um, that really set the stage for everything else that happened uh, in their life uh, this last year. So I want you to be a part of that as well. We'd love for you to be um, a part of all that we're doing inside the Thriving Christian Artists. And uh, so just click the link down in the show notes, all right? And you can get notified about all those opportunities. All right. Well, hey, love you very much. I'm going to get out of the way and get on to today's podcast. So we'll see you soon. Bye. Well, hey guys, I'm so glad that you're with me today on the podcast. I'm so excited to have my new friend, Bryn Gillette, with me, who's not only an incredible artist that I can't wait for you to hear from, but an incredible dad and husband and art teacher and really just a kingdom man. And um, Bryn, I'm so glad that we're having this opportunity to get to know each other and really share your story with, with all our listeners here on the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. Yeah, thank you, Matt. It's a it's a treat um, again to connect. I think kindred spirits will uh, will come out here in this conversation. I think we're going to be finishing each other's sentences really quickly. Exactly. I, just, I love how I love how God does that. You recognize a sibling when you meet one. So that's right. You just instantly like I'm going to like this person. And so, <laughs> well, listen, you have such a incredible story. I I was just spending a little bit of time on your social media and on your website before our interview. And just as I've seen your work over the last couple of years, um, seems like you're just really thriving in so many areas of your life. And I know that's just a testimony to the Holy Spirit moving through you and, and you listening to him in, in the midst of the journey, like, like everything, but kind of zeroing in on, on your art, you know, and, and the creative part of, of who you are. How did you first recognize as a youngster or as a teenager, young man that, that man, maybe I'm an artist. Maybe, maybe there's a creative bone in my body that, that God wants to begin to use in, in a special way. Hmm. No, that's funny. I, I remember drawing the Dukes of Hazard at age four. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the orange car jumping and it, and it was more, I remember the impulse to create something in response to what excited me mm. and that journeyed, that journeyed on. And then I can think through like grade school, very shallowly, but we naturally like gravitate towards the things we're good at. Like, had I been great at football, <laughs> this might be a very different <laughs> interview. Exactly. I, just, I was like, you know, 70 pounds soaking wet. Um, <laughs> and I, I found myself really enjoying the creative process and kind of naturally, it came very naturally. And uh, I had supportive parents that kind of fed that, but I think it was mm. high school when, um, we thank goodness our public high school just had some great art program where I got some um, thorough training in design and uh, working in different mediums. So the, the language I was able to start building a vocabulary and realizing I had things to say and had space to say it. So ironically now, maybe not so ironically, I'm teaching high school as my full-time artistic career right now is is shepherding um, students through that. Although I'm working at a just fantastic Christian school that their very mission statement is that Christ is at the center of what we do and not like, Hey, let's just do a Bible study and then we'll do our thing, but it's integrated into the curriculum. So I almost get teary eyed as I pray over my students out loud in the beginning of class. Like this is what I could never do in my own public high school. But here I am doing the very thing where I had my origin I think as like as a serious artist, as realizing yeah. 
this might be because even as I left high school, I knew I was the oddball going to Gordon college. Like I knew my major, it was, it was fine art and Bible. And I graduated with fine art and Bible. And I went on to a career that was fine art and Bible. I mean, (laughs) how many people can say that, that didn't change their major, didn't uh, lots of twists and turns along that way, but still it's just, uh, I think from a young age um, knew that this was my, how I was built, I guess. Yeah. I love what you said about your art became a vehicle for you to respond to things that excited mm-hmm. you. When, mm-hmm. when did that become sort of a, a, a visceral upfront part of your creative process? Cause I think a lot of times for artists, we do things that are sort of innate and, you know, responsive and we don't really give it a lot of thought. When did that start to come to the forefront of your mind that, Oh, I'm doing this and I should do more of that to kind of squeeze the life out of this in a good mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there was a clear moment of it taking place. Maybe again, even I really came to give my heart to the Lord at age like 15 and 16. Mm. Um, I started kind of being all in, which was an odd time in some ways in high school in a public high school where uh, I, I didn't go to school with anyone who was from my church. Like, so I had church youth group friends, but they were actually completely different than my high school. Um, and so somewhere in there, it became like, what are the most important messages I would want to say that already they were something about my faith? And uh, so in, I got to go to Bosnia in 1996. So I was 16 years old and um, did some black and white photography there and wanted to tell the story of my experience. I actually was hosted by uh, a Muslim family that had been the targets of genocide by Serbian Croats or Serbian and Croat um, Christians. So Orthodox and Catholic Christians and and just the humility of that, of their love for me and the experience of that. And to really come back and talk about Christ's heart and not ethnic Christianity. Mm. I came kind of from a very, uh, where, where we were, a lot of my friends were, um, their families were active uh, in the Catholic church, but, they didn't have a, a personal faith and that, that wasn't a reflection on, I don't think the Catholic church, I've met plenty of Catholic um, vibrant believers since sure. then. Um, but the, my high school experience. Uh, so I, I think that was the first time I realized, like I want to use my artwork to share uh, things about my, my understanding of the invisible world of faith operating all around me. And I, mm. I can make it visible. Like I can pull things that I've seen in prayer that I uh, recall from scripture and make it relevant and gritty and real here. So that, um, and actually that was one of the first miraculous times, if just on reflection of yeah. dealing with art, I, I had finished. Uh, so I made a book basically. I took at one roll of black and white film and out of that 24 images, I think I got 18 of them that were worthy of like printing. And right. so, I, which was crazy when it, when I look back on that, um, and so I printed them out and I, I accompanied them with Psalms um, from, from David and uh, some quotes and some prayers. And I put them in a book and I, I weathered it uh, to make it look like it had gone through the, the war, the combat. And it was like wow. a lament. It was a lament over Sarajevo and um, over things. So at the time it was still an active war zone. Um, and the night there was a competition that multi-schools were coming to my high school 
and I was in the basement. I was working on some art project and I remember it was almost like the Lord just like pause time, pulled me over and was like, <laughs> you won the competition. Make sure your dad comes because he had gone with me on the trip. And I don't know that he was planning to come to the reception that night. And he said, and prepare what you're going to say. Wow. Wow. Um, it's like, you'll have an opportunity to stand up in front of everyone. Don't be shy. Like you created this with me for me. And you know, I'm saying this very verbally. It wasn't, it was like an impression, but in right. the end, I knew it was coming. So it was the most bizarre thing to like sit there through the competition and have lots of people say stuff. And then they announced the winner at the end. And it was like, everyone was shocked in the room except me. I was like bright red. But I knew I, this, right? I, I knew it, was it, was just, it was a very surreal experience. Wow. Um, and was able to, to go up and again, I think as a junior in, in high school, be able to, to get up and really share my faith and what, and really the message of the book, like, Hey, our faith has to be so much more than ethnicity. It has to be real. And so I got, I got to preach. <laughs> and, uh, and so becoming an ambassador for God's kingdom mm. through my art. Uh, I had never thought of it in that moment, but that was probably the inception of it was that night. How incredible. I know so many people when they approach their creative process, some have this very um, reflective process where something has happened to them and then they're responding to it. Others kind of approach their creative process as more of a intuitive kind of, they feel like they're flowing with the Holy spirit mm. in the middle of that process. Do you kind of land in either camp or a little bit of both or how does that, how does that flow for you as you create? That's, yeah. That's one of those. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Right. Um, there have been several moments where I have completely seen the image done in an instant. Mm. It's like the Lord just gives it. And a lot of what I do then is, is bringing it to existence. And as any artist would know, you could, it could look very similar to your original sketches or what's in your head, but the very process, the birthing of it adds so many layers of richness that didn't all come in that first. It's yeah. like seeing the the tree while holding the acorn, you know, it's like, okay, it's, it's all in there, but it's going <laughs> to take some time. Um, so there are some that were very clearly like, Oh, there it is. The kind of the tingle up your spine, like that there's something in there. And then especially in the live painting that I do, uh, during church services. I've been doing that for a little over a decade. Um, there are many times I've gone up blank and I'm literally just in real time pushing things around on the mm. canvas and listening kind of with my ears and my heart and my spirit for what's unfolding. Um, and you kind of, you learn to be sensitive to that, those Rama moments of like, Oh, that that's the image. That's the metaphor today. That's the passage. Right. Those are the words these are the colors that are going to be significant. Um, and then I guess some of that posture, I often use that, that word posture, that posture of attentiveness. Yeah. Um, even when you have something seen from the beginning, I think that attentiveness is so important. When I do my best work, I feel like I get, I get to maintain that attentiveness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Now, we're making this all seem very linear right now. Like I grew up and everything's great and I'm just going along in this journey. And you know, that is my experience. What are you talking about? That's right. What are you talking about? (laughs) Everything's perfect. I know that, um, you know, I always tell people, at least in my story, you know, I've found that just like God has an incredible plan for your life. So does the enemy. You know, there's always, we have an adversary who's, who's after us, you know, 
just like God is passionately after us, we have an adversary that's trying to take us out. And I know that you have walked through some incredibly difficult things in your life and seen God's redemptive power, not only through your art, but, you know, in spite of yourself and that sort of thing. Talk about some of the the roadblocks that you've experienced, because I know, you know, life is not simple. You're, you're a dad, you're teaching art and to high schoolers and incredibly rewarding there. Um, you've got your, your marriage and your own art career. What are some of the, the things that the enemy has thrown in your way that have been some of the, the bigger things you've had to, to walk through? Yeah. You know, I think the first time I really felt the roadblock was early, like it was 20 years ago, now it's like we're, I'm just crossing the 20th anniversary of uh, starting Gordon College, and I got to meet with my uh, now great friend and mentor Bruce Herman, um, and I remember telling him that I had kind of a, a skewed view of what an artist was because mm. they were either these egocentric, self-promoting, you know, shavant like they were kind of living the dream, kind of made right. a star out of themselves. Or there were these miserable, starving artists <laughs> that, you know, certainly wouldn't have a, a healthy marriage or supporting right. children and having kind of like a balanced lifestyle. And Bruce Herman not only was the one to really challenge that perspective in me, as well as saying like, hey, I thought, I feel like art is sometimes a luxury in culture. You know, like mm. it's only the wealthy that seem to, you know, buy the high-end artwork and put it in their homes and Bruce even challenged that. He's like, Bryn, every culture and every tier of society, they, they're creating and they're, they decorate and they, um, they put beautiful things around themselves. Uh, it's such a natural part of humanity. So he shut down some of the misconception, misconception, <laughs> I'm having a hard time with that word, misconceptions about what being an artist was and art making. Those mm. are my first real significant hangups. Um, I had to get out of my own way. I had to, yeah. I had a skewed perception of what, um, uh, what I, what I was called to be doing. And he most actually, of us have no context for being an artist. I know I didn't. Yeah. You're like, what does this even look like? Is this a yeah. real thing? And all that. Yeah. And it, well, and the, you know, the adage of like, get another career. Cause right. no, no mom wants their son to be a starving artist kind of thing. <laughs> I didn't have artists in my, my family. Um, I didn't have even aunts or uncles that were really living a creative lifestyle and making a living doing it. Um, so it was, it was hard. I didn't have a paradigm for it until Bruce. And then Bruce really was this godly man, uh, a wonderful husband, a father of two great kids, one of whom I was in school with and just had this like down to earth. I was like, Oh, Oh, that's what it looks like. So again, he, he embodied, I think an answer for me. And I, 20 years later, looking back, I can be like a lot of who I am today was kind of set loose because of being able to be mentored by him walking mm. beside him. And I, I hope I'm able to do that to some of my own students now that they can Im imagine a healthy kind of well-rounded view uh, of an artist. If I can, if I can claim that of myself, <laughs> right. I don't hope so. It's what I'm aiming for. As well-rounded um, as can be expected, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then midway through college, I was just train wrecked, blindsided by bipolar Mm. Um, I didn't even know what bipolar was. In fact, I, I really didn't understand depression. And when it, when um, the first waves of it hit, uh, I had just come back from Italy studying with Bruce Herman in Italy. And you can imagine everything was pretty fantastic. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Living, eating, studying Renaissance art, creating artwork, studying Italian, uh. 
yeah, I was, I was living the dream. And so I come back to cloudy New England, seasonal affective disorder, broke up with my two year girlfriend. My parents are divorcing and it was just like the perfect storm of the rug pulled out from underneath me. Um, and so I got treated for depression with the wrong medication while I'm on bipolar, which if you know anything about the bipolar has the depression and then all the, the opposite of depression, the manic side. So it was kind of like adding gasoline to a fire. So when I swung high, it was like catastrophic. So when I burned out like Icarus, I kind of crashed back to earth. And uh, for about two years, I was really trying to figure out how to, what was going on in my, in my life and my world, all the things that were my identity, my ability to be um, personable with people, my, my intellect, my creative, my creativity, all of it was stripped away. And I kind of, it was kind of like having a stroke and having to relearn. Mm. Um, And also really getting a one humility, just all these things that I would have looked at someone struggling before and been like, well, snap out of it. You know, like man up, it's just in your head. Right. Uh, That was swept away from me. Um, Thankfully, thank God. (laughs) Like I really wouldn't wish it on an enemy, but it was the most, um, most formative thing for me to instill deep, and true sensitivity, empathy for somebody else. Mm. Uh, and, and an honest uh, viewpoint, like to see yourself stripped of your pride. I don't, I don't know if you realize, any one of us, I don't know if I realized how deep my self-righteousness right. went until I was plowed through it. Well, hey, there's Matt. And you know, one of the things that I found over the years in working with artists is that real lasting change in our life happens best in the context of supportive Christian community. And that's why I wanted to take this opportunity just to take a second and invite you to be a part of my online community called the Thriving Christian Artists Facebook group. Listen, this group is absolutely free and over the years has actually grown to thousands and thousands of artists in just about every creative medium from countries all over the world. You know, the cool thing is that it's become a real place of encouragement and life for artists, just like you and me, who want to share their work, share their life, connect with other artists, and really pursue everything God has for us as artists in his kingdom. Now, listen, to join, all you have to do is just click the link in the show notes here and answer a couple of questions just to let us know that you're a real person, and bam, you're in, okay? So, listen, I can't wait to connect with you inside of my Thriving Christian Artist Facebook group. Do it now, and we'll see you there very soon. All right, bye. And, and then that started a journey where, um, where I really sought stability and shalom and contentment. Like from, from that point on, like success mattered far less to me than contentment wow. and stability. Um, yeah, I mean. And were you still creating in this, this time? And you No, know, it's, it's funny. I still walked away from school with like a 4.0. And wow. I can only wow. like look back and say like that, that has to be the mercy of my teachers who watched me struggle <laughs> um, and God's grace. Um, actually, I think it was a 3.98. Let's, little yes. disclaimer. But, <laughs> but like, I can laugh about that because that's so not important. Like that wasn't what I was aiming for. Right. Shows stuff. And so, yeah, I, I did. I got to be creative um, through that process. But man, oh man, man alive. That was by far um, a really discouraging season. And, and those bouts come back. There's been seasons and waves where for me, when it manifests, especially the low it's this sense of like being completely inadequate Mm. um, and uh, and being disorganized and feeling disheveled and feeling like I missed the boat and 
I think anyone who's been low knows what that feels like being completely exhausted, just not having the energy to do anything, want to do anything. And it feels like it's going to stretch away forever. It doesn't feel like a bout of it. It just feels like that's reality. Like who have I, who am I kidding that I could ever do something? And strangely enough, even the things you have done seem to be jaded. Um, All the Ebenezer's you set up, it takes, it takes a long time. Like, uh, So for me, it was rapid cycling. Like every two weeks was almost a high to a low. And so mm. it was strange because I could look back and be like, two weeks ago, I was a different Bryn. Who am I? And like, I was high then, I'm low now. I was low then, now I'm high. And so I actually had to start figuring out what is healthy. And regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I'd like to do right now, what does stable look like? And I'm going to aim to that. So if I'm at a seven out of 10 and I'm a little high, what does that mean for me now to aim to five? Right. And if I'm a little low right now and I can see the indicators, what do I have to do to be, to be up there, uh, to be back at a five? And, um, in those times, do you find yourself going to your creative process as a refuge or is that something that ends up shutting down for you during those times? And yeah, it shuts, it shuts down for me. Uh It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not my, um, yeah, it's usually not my medicine in terms of, um, yeah, I just want to sleep. <laughs> just yeah. want to crawl, crawl into a hole, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's so important for all of us to understand the rhythms of our life and and not to, you know, for me, I'm kind of that type A personality. So it's like, rah, 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 you know, all the time. And when I when I do go through those seasons of, like my mom just passed away, for example. And, mm, you know, that's the, that. the first of our parents, my wife and I, who, who have passed away and mm-hmm. happened very quickly, completely threw us for a loop. And you just, this is the first time in my life I've, I was like numb and disoriented and no clue what was going on. And I, I can totally relate to what you're saying about how that begins to work empathy in you for others, things that you would have been like, oh, wow, I'm really sorry for that, but they should get over that. You know, you, you, you immediately realize that, wow, this is a lot deeper and a lot more difficult than people give it credit for. Mm. And it, it really is, it is a difficult to think, thing to go through. And at the same time, it's such a gift to, like you're saying, you know, allow us to, to recognize where we are with the yeah. Lord and on our own journey and say, wow, even in the midst of this, God is sharpening me and allowing me to be made into his image in such a beautiful way. So, yeah, Yeah. what a gift, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, all that you're doing as a a teacher uh, and as an artist, I know that so many people go through this kind of back and forth of should I teach? Should I be an artist as if they're, you know, like a studio artist, like as if they're, you know, mutually inexclusive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, how does that work for you? Because I know a lot of people struggle with that. Do you find balance or you find in life in both ends of that? Or do you find that one ends up, you know, suffering because of the other? And Uh, yes, (laughs) all all those things. You're very agreeable, Brent. (laughs) uh, No, it's it's all those things. It really is. um, I've had some seasons of just, uh, 100% 100% time in the studio and I actually dry up mm. and I think the Lord's shown me over time and my experiences have shown me that um that I was born to teach my dad mm. once said he's like if you had to wake up at two in the morning straight out of bed cold water thrown on you and do something that's probably what you were made to do and you could do it 
Yeah. You know, like some people could, I was like, I would wake up teaching. Like wow. when I, in fact, when I would be painting on my own in the studio, I'd be explaining to myself what I would do as though <laughs> I was talk. like, it was just my natural way of processing right. things is to wow. like verbalize them, synthesize them, make sense of them. It's just so life-giving. And then I've really seen over time as I've con- congealed, like, what do I feel like the Lord's unique assignment is on me? It's teaching. So I know I couldn't, uh, in this season, at least be content a hundred percent in the if I had my pie slice of how much, how much pie goes to one thing, if it was more than, you know, 60% was going towards studio time, I think I would dry up. And, yeah. and granted when I'm doing my teaching, it is actually around the arts. So it's still the creative. Uh, but right now I, like I'm, I started a, a new, new job at Charlotte Christian uh, school here in Charlotte, North Carolina um, last year and found working, you know, that first year, new curriculum, some new classes, uh, AP art history rocked my world. <laughs> it took like <laughs> most of my time, honestly, for those six students that I had last year. And um, so re- I, I was like tooth and nail fighting to get some studio time back. And uh, and right now I'm still fighting to have my minimum of right. studio time. Right. I, I would like to, I think, have more Um, so I do, there are some times I question, it's like, Hmm, could I, what would life rhythm look like? What would ideal be? And then, you know, then fall break comes around and I have nothing but time (laughs) and I immaturely find other things to do. And I was like kicking myself, like, what am I doing? Like, I just supposed to be in the studio. I lamented not having studio time and here I get it as nothing but my own unstructured, flexible time. And I'm still not man enough to like get in there. And (laughs) what's my problem? Um, that's right. So I think it's so important though for all of us to to understand what our normal is and understand what our flow is because it's so easy to compare, you know, well they're doing it this way or their journey was that way. Yes, and yes. I know for me when you know we both talked about having this calling of being a father to artists and when the Lord called me as a father to artists in two thousand nine, he said, Your calling is ministry and marketplace both full time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Well, that's completely frustrating because you know <laughs> there's no pattern. There's no roadmap. There's no, how does that even look? And I'm constantly in this stretching of back and forth, like like you're saying. And yet it's the beautiful, that's the beautiful part of the dynamic that God's doing in me. And um, I don't know that others, you know, are supposed to do that. That's just what he's doing in me. But um, there is nobody to compare myself to and likewise for you. And so it's, it's just so I think important for all of us to embrace our journey and the season of life that we're in, you know, with, we were both just talking about before we came on, we both got kids, you know, yeah. my son's waiting at after school right now. Your daughter's coming in. She just like, walked in. She's sitting here behind me. Like, what am I supposed to do, dad? Exactly. You're yeah. supposed to hang out to the podcast. Is that right? Yeah, well, pretty much. It's just Sorry. that season of life and you can't beat yourself up, up about yeah. it. You know, and that's a great point. I, I've found myself teaching <laughs> through myself. Like I'm teaching myself and then I find myself saying yeah. it to other people that, um, I quickly know that I'm out of rhythm with the Lord when I start resenting my commitments, which mm. are my primary commitments yeah. to my wife or my kids. If I'm, if I'm trying to get into the studio and I find myself tripping over them doing homework and my wife worship leading or the doing the dishes or other, and I'm resenting those things holding me back. Um, either I didn't communicate expectations and didn't lay out a schedule that we're all on the same page with, or I'm, I'm putting something first that doesn't belong there. Um, And that is like, 
someone was just saying, you know, man, there's going to be a Lord willing a season 10 years from now where my kids are grown. And like my youngest now is three. So even at 13, she's going to be coming home from school and hanging out with friends and doing her homework on her own and being like, I don't want to hang out with you, dad. That's you know? right. You're my oldest, me, right. Yeah. My oldest will be, you know, 22. He's going to be finishing college at that point. Such a different, I can't even fathom that. I can say yeah. that out loud. That doesn't even make sense to me. Right. right. Um, but it really is. I have like a decade of this, uh, another decade. I've been a father for 12 years now. Um, and it does it like, you can't, you can't over estimate just how much that dominates the reality that I live in. And so, yeah, yeah artwork honestly has taken, uh, it's, it's season number. It's like the fourth on the rung <laughs> easily, you know, it really is like, I, I want to do my artwork from who I am as a husband yeah. and from who I am as a, as a father and from who my, who I am as a son of God. Uh, and, not let the other things be shaped by that. And um, yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I can't let you off this podcast without talking about your Beyond the Ruin series. Mm. It was really the way that I was introduced to your work and so powerful and I don't know, chaotic and beautiful and energetic and like, wow, you know, um, talk a little bit about your work in Haiti and just how mm. that whole relationship started. And then your art as response to that, because it's had such incredible critical acclaim, but I know it's also touching people's hearts in an incredible way too. So hmm. let's talk a little bit about that series. And Yeah. You know, uh, we mentioned earlier about becoming an ambassador yeah. um, through the arts. And I think um, the Haiti series was, uh, and really the a Haiti relationship, it was more than just the series. There was, this is the third series that was born out from a relationship I have with um, uh, a young, I'd say young man. He was young when I met him. We, we were, it was in 2000. Um, he was, uh, he's about three years older than I am. Um, and in fact, my father is there right now as we speak. Oh, wow. He's about, he's in Haiti about a week, a month now with uh, this ministry partner we have. Um, so I met Daniel Jean or Daniel Jean um, in 2000. He was a Haitian orphan himself. And, uh, um, fast forward like five years and I haven't gone down yet. We're just in correspondence. And he, he sent me a request saying I have 21 kids to send to school. Uh, it's $50 a kid for the year of school, but I can't send them. And I just remember being heartbroken of that. I was like, man, we spend more on our back to school shoes. Right. Right. <laughs> but, you know, like one, one shoe yeah. in some cases, um, then these kids would cost and they can't go. Like they literally can't go. And, I didn't have the discretionary income to just cut a check. And you know what? Thank God that I didn't, because I think I probably would have, and that would have been the end of it. Um, but, it, you know, in my brokenness, I kind of went to our prayer room and just said, I'm going to do 21 small little five by seven watercolors for Haiti uh, and sell them for 50 bucks. So for anyone that sells, someone someone goes to uh, to school. And what I didn't anticipate was the way that, artwork would create a conversation and the show itself would like host a space mm. where I could, I could literally be an ambassador and share the story of Daniel. And uh, so that, that show sold. in fact, we raised way more than just the, the base cost. And my favorite story was someone bought the painting, took it home and brought it back the next day 
to church for me. It was a Saturday night, brought it back Sunday morning. We're like, sell it again. Uh, I just get me a, like a print. They're like, sell it again. I looked at it all night and I just kept thinking of these kids like, wow. Sell it. Yeah. Sell it again. Um, <laughs> that was, it just showed Incredible. me how <laughs> contagious generosity is. And um, so that was the first series. I did a second series when I was in my, my graduate uh, program. Um, and by that point he had gone from 21 students in his care. Daniel Jean was, uh, doesn't have like an orphanage where he's placing kids. It's more like he becomes the surrogate father and, and it's a home of blessing. So he's getting mm. them in off. Uh, these are very vulnerable kids that would likely be uh, targets of trafficking or, you know, the worst of the worst of the worst out there, or simply wouldn't survive. Um, right. Those are the ones that he often is kind of seeking out. Uh, um, and, to today, he's got over 200. Uh, the number of fluxes as they come and go, but uh, about that. So in grad school, it was um, I did a I started a series of 65, and by the time I finished, there was 105. <laughs> so the number had to increase. <laughs> um, and I did oil paintings, uh, just small eight by tens, and then and then the earthquakes happened in 2010, and I found the scope of what my heart was being asked to attend was bigger way it was on a national scale we had been you know partnered with this ministry and that had kind of been the scope of what i was like my heart was grieving over was the story of these particular children and then when the earthquakes shook the whole the whole nation and catapulted uh haiti as a nation into like global central place um that started a four year journey of me painting 12 doors that really reflect upon what redemption would look like mm. in every level of Haiti. And so I, I kind of uh, um, grabbed onto the conversation of the seven mountains or seven spheres yeah. of influence. And so within the 12 doors, there is this idea that in government, in education, in business, in families, in religion, in the media, and in the arts, what would restoration look like? Mm. And so I really kind of prayed, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the arts. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in business. And so I, uh, it, I think it took four years, not because it did take a long time to paint. I was just painting summers as, right. a, as a teacher at that point. But I think a lot of it too is I just had to grow. Like they were actually distillations of lots of prayers and lots of conversations and trips to Haiti. And a lot of the wisdom that went into it wasn't from me. It was from others and, and books and their experiences. And so all that kind of cut distilled into those 12 panels uh, that ended up being the beyond the ruins show. And yeah, we'll link to that on your website for folks to see, but you're just getting introduced to you, but really what a powerful, powerful series and so reflective of the beauty of your work and of your life and, Brent, I'm just so excited that people are getting to know who you are and we've been able to to share this time together. Tell folks where is the best place to connect with you on social media or your website or, or where's the best place to connect? Yeah, man, I need an agent. I, I like, <laughs> thank you for for helping me. I uh, I am the, the guy who's like on Facebook once a, every two weeks, like as a guerrilla warfare. Like, Whether you need to or not, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, which people are probably laughing at me about. Um, uh, but bringillette.com. So my name just bringillette.com is my website. And that's kind of the hub of each thing. I am on Facebook art by Bryn is there, but it all, you can get to all of it through the website. So awesome. probably the easiest thing to find me there. 
Good stuff. Well, Brent, thank you so much. And uh, for those of you listening on the on the podcast today, all those links will be in our show notes where you can connect with Brent really easily. And man, thanks so much for living the life that God yeah, designed for you pleasure. to live. And um, what an inspiration. I know you're, you're going to be to so many who are listening to the podcast today. So thanks for being on, Brent. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Matt. Hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.